Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. My name is Angela Gennari, and today I am here with Sabrina Rumbeck. Welcome, Sabrina. Hey, Angela. Hi, everyone, for listening in. All the pretty powerful women out there, we thank you for being here with us. Absolutely. I'm so excited to introduce Sabrina. So Sabrina is a friend of mine and someone that I have known through my tribe. And I always say that you should always have a tribe of people around you who are brilliant and help you to succeed and collaborate and everything. Sabrina is part of that tribe through Cliffco. So um, we have had the great fortune to get to know each other. And I have benefited from Sabrina's incredible knowledge on all things podcasting media just she's she's brilliant and I can't wait for you guys to get to know her so thank you oh appreciate that so let me do a little introduction of Sabrina so as a recovered clinician from burnout Sabrina went back to her roots in neuroscience and public health she learned the importance of building key human relationships with her team throughout her organization while helping healthcare executives and entrepreneurs to get out of the day-to-day operation of their practice, she realized it did not matter what topic she was presenting if she didn't have the visibility and the network to be able to serve her ideal clients. Nothing mattered. Sabrina became acutely aware that visibility is the gateway to profitability. She then set out on a mission to become highly visible in the right circles of people. Leveraging her robust network of strategic partners, Clients converted five times higher than any other marketing channel. She was so successful that healthcare companies started asking her to show them how to do the same. By investing in building authentic relationships and creating the right visibility, she has helped healthcare entrepreneurs and innovational founders increase profitability and accelerate their impact. So impressive. So um, I want to start because you are already a brilliant physician, right? So you went from the medical field into a consulting field, and now you're helping other medical professionals to gain visibility, and which is so important for the medical industry, I would imagine, um, to be able to get their messaging out. Yeah, so I was someone who's always a busy bee, uh-huh. only girl in the family, <laughs> Asian, for anybody who's just listening to audio, mm-hmm. very tristy. Traditionally brought up, uh-huh. get good grade, go to the good schools, marry off, have your house on cars, you should be all set. And right. by the way, when are you having kids, right? right? It's <laughs> right. like, oh my goodness, is that how we define what success means to us? Right, as a woman, yeah. As a woman. And I always tell, whenever I go on keynotes, I'm talking to my private client, actually success are defined by five different levels of freedom. Mm. So... We actually don't even think about these things, right? Okay. The five freedom, number one, however you want to rank them, no particular order, time freedom. Mm-hmm. Many of us lacking in that. Absolutely. We are constantly doing what? Excuses that, hey, kids got this thing. Mm-hmm. My significant other got that thing. Mm-hmm. My company need me to do this. 
oh my gosh, deadlines. How many emails did I forget? Uh-huh. Right? Right. When can we actually say, I have the power to do what I want, when I want, in the right order that I want it? Right. Absolutely. Right. So that's time freedom. Two, people freedom. Mm. How many of us can just fire and hire whenever we want? Right. Or especially in this economy of silent resonation, we're constantly doing what? Let me just have someone. Mm-hmm. I'll take anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just uh-huh. talking about on our way here, right, with Angela. If she get those five amazing bits that she is going to uh-huh. have, that's huge excitement. Life changing. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, she's going to have to rapidly grow her team mm-hmm. and then hiring and tracking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was our last conversation, just private hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of how do you make sure you people is showing up, right? right? And they're clocking in at the right place and not just on their way there and they're already thinking they're on the job, quote unquote. Right, right. <laughs> so people freedom, time freedom. Third is location freedom. Mm-hmm. How many of us can say, I can pick up and go whenever I want to and still carry on that mm-hmm. business as efficient as it is? Now, we can do that, right? One I always promote is you should be able to take four-week vacation minimum once a year and everything else still runs wow that's like so unfathomable to me but i know that it's possible right right it's possible <laughs> it's people possible. do it right. it just depends on how mm-hmm. much of structure and organization you have Absolutely. with the people and the system and that bring up to the next point is activity freedom mm. angela is so great to point that out on our way leaving cliff code today that she learned she only needed to focus on three major three things, things mm-hmm. right? What are your three things? Uh-huh. So culture, people, and money, right? So uh, the CEO should only do three things is the book I just finished reading and I was telling Sabrina about. So it, in that book, it talks about you, a CEO should only be focused on people, culture, and numbers, you know, with, whether that's profitability or revenue or whatever. So yeah, those three things are what a CEO should be doing, not the 273 thousand other things that I am also doing on a regular basis. So yes, if I can focus on those three things, I think I could really hit your five. Right. And so those activity, I call them a, how do you create time freedom by first tackling activity? Most Mm. people want to just work through that set of exercise and they'll cut 10 hours right away off their hand. Sure. And think about how much impact you can do for yourself or for your company with extra 10 hours on your hand. Yeah. Now, that also take a level of mindset mm-hmm. to be able to recognize, ooh, why do I self-sabotage? Means why do I create my own roadblocks? Yes. And one of the things we always talk about is if you can recognize it faster, these saboteurs, then you can train your brain to say, shoot, stop right there, right? Yeah. I have a name for my saboteur and I have uh, even Dr. Tony, when I train him, do the same thing, right? What is the name of your saboteur? So my is that itty bitty jetty committee. <laughs> so if my it. committee is going to freaking sing at me, I'm uh-huh. like, uh-huh. okay, I recognize this. I need us to stop this Doing choirs yeah, going yeah. and not saying, oh, my team didn't get it. Right, right. How did you not figure this out? Don't even bottleneck myself. But if your bottleneck yourself is also because 
perhaps my controlling tendencies on there because mm-hmm. I still want to know how you did it, what the result you're bringing me, right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm constantly debating with myself, then there's never going to go forward with that. Right. So yes, it's all convoluted into that. So we talk about time freedom, people freedom, location freedom, activity freedom. And last thing is what you said, financial freedom. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people start with financial freedom and feeling like only if they have the number behind them, company and name, then they can get the other four. Yeah. But it's not true, right? Right. Right. We have to think about how we're ranking these five to even begin with. So when I was this little busy bee, I got down that path of what quote unquote supposed to be success. Right. Had the nice apartment, married, and then transitioned to a big house, had my dog. And you know what? I just couldn't see it. Yeah. I felt I was working 80 plus hours mm-hmm. a week. On top of that, I was taking calls every day. Now, I work in heart and lung surgery as a physician associate. So we are one of the most high demanding subspecialty in medicine. Wow. And it's one of the highest burned out besides the ER people, the neurosurgery people, because we have emergency, right? Um. A heart attack comes in, your acute heart center, you're operating. A dissection comes in, that's an eight-hour surgery. Wow. So when you're on top of that, and I was in a transplant center as well. So any heart and lung transplant, you're on standby. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. And even you strip out the letters behind my name, Mm -hmm. the things that other people see is good, I just felt like I have to be on all the time. Right. And for women who are actually naturally tend to be on all the time, Mm -hmm. we don't know how to shut off or be able to just say no. Right. And no is actually a, a gift and equals new opportunity instead of we have this fear of what if people don't see my value if I say no. Right, right. And we're so afraid we'll miss an opportunity, right? So if I say no, then maybe I don't get that opportunity again when really, you know, women have a hard enough time respecting their own time. And then it's easiest to go to a woman and say, hey, can you take this on and take on this volunteer role and take on this, you know, additional role at the office? And for us, it's so hard to say no, right? And I think that that's part of it is we're so used to taking on that burden of extra stuff that we've got to carry. So how did you break out of that? Yeah, great question. I think we we take that on because mm-hmm. we also have the fear of, if I task off to someone, it's going to take that person longer to do. Mm. I can just do it much faster. Right. <laughs> I can do it better and faster. If I have to train someone, mm-hmm. how long would that person get it? Mm-hmm. And it's always like we are beating an imaginary clock right. that we set. Mm-hmm. And in the vortex of everything, we also mentioned a book today where we're in conversation called thinking in bets yes it's not so much about the decision that we made is the wrong decision there's a probability of that decision leading to a certain set of results right absolutely and that results is influenced by people by things by timing 
by environment, mm -hmm. we cannot factor all those in. And it's difficult. And when I work with executives and some really old school thinkers mm -hmm. would tell me, no, Sabrina, we need to make sure this patient engagement step need to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And immediately I'm thinking, you know, there's no such thing as perfect. Right. I understand your pain point of saying if we develop a training process, mm -hmm. if not quote unquote perfect, we might have to train that additionally, let's say a week and months later. Mm -hmm. Now, the fear in that situation is what if my staff see me as less? Mm, weaker. Weaker. Yeah. Like you didn't get your think together. Mm -hmm. And you have to redo this. Mm -hmm. But actually, we're never going to redo anything. We're constantly making small adjustments and changes right. to improve. And for people, when you hire right, they're adaptable. Right. They want to move forward with the company, a startup that you have. And they're willing to learn because we all know, actually, one of the major factors in performance in new study it's not just the smart goal, it's smarter goal. Mm. The part that you have to make things, the additional ER is excitement mm -hmm. and repetition. Hmm. Okay. So bringing excitement and repetition in reminds me a little bit about what we were learning today with playing chess and strategy, right? And so bringing in repetition and making it so that you make less mistakes because you're it's repetition, right? You're doing it over and over and over and over and over. But then how do you bring in the excitement? Yes. That's always the trick. Uh -huh. isn't how it? do you bring in the, re I can do repetition. How do you get the excitement and how do you communicate that to others? Right. So the repetition side is when we think, oh, we're the founder. Mm -hmm. We finally hire these big strategists, gave us the roadmap. Yeah. Deploy, right? Yeah. Deploy, the deploy. The more you do, the you, the more easier, the easier it gets. And that means I should have a higher result. That also means what? We're creating this comfort bubble. And mm. I don't want to step outside of that comfort bubble because the right outside the comfort zone mm -hmm. is that fear zone. Right. Right. But outside of fear zone is the growth zone. Mm -hmm. Right. The, yeah. When you tap into the growth zone. So when we are saying, OK, who is that true top of the pyramid of any company is you mm -hmm. as the founder. Right. But the founder, if you think about the true nature of strategy of a founder level executives, it need to be three people. I should talk to Lynn about this today. OK, interesting. So she has a brand new uh, company that she's leading. We right. love her. I'm a client. I know. You're a client. <laughs> yes. So she has someone who truly is the innovator on her co-founding zone. Okay. That person want her just to do it. Uh-huh. And then her come back in conversation to us. She's like, I'm not a COO. I, how do I know how to get everything done? And so I said correct that person usually who are innovators tend to just deploy their vision in the next person mm. without thinking what is the right talent yes. for the right role yes yeah so guess what 
for your innovators, visionary people out there, you guys are brilliant. But you think way higher up there, the rest of us don't get. Mm. And therefore, who you next person you need to get is the impact and income person. Yeah. So Lim is actually an impact and income person, not a strategist, right? The third person in a triangle should be an executioner, a strategist mm. to truly make things happen. Now, the second person, she's so good at connecting, right? right. Media in general, it is visibility, credibility. Uh, absolutely. And that's mm -hmm. what we're doing here, right? Mm -hmm. Podcasting is a great way. I love it. I always have my founders to say, let's figure out who you wanted to attract. Right. Is that a B2B, B2C? We need to find out the right shows for you to get onto. Mm -hmm. So you already have the amazing clientele, people in the ear, believe in the type of messages you want to share. Right. And pivot your messages when you share them mm -hmm. between B2B and B2C, especially in medicine, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a wellness product, a service-based, or actually a wearable device. Mm. different way to present them right. don't get into the weeds so much <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. don't be too technical hard. <laughs> uh, then you need the executioner on the top of, of the executive team because that person is really great at seeing this big picture and then break down that big picture into something that's more sensible mm. to the rest of your teams mm -hmm. and the rest of your teams I then break down by three domains the people, culture, mm -hmm. the visibility and communication, right, and then the protection structure. Mm. Okay, interesting. So, you know, when we were just talking about this, this leads me back into that book I was just referencing, The CEO Only Does Three Things, and in the people chapter of that book, it actually talks about exactly what you just said, about having the right people in the right place. Like, I could meet this extraordinary woman. Sabrina, you could come into my company and say, okay, I want to join Titan, let's do this, and I could be like, oh my gosh, she's a gold, you know, she's a gold mine. I've got this woman who's brilliant, and I want to put her in number two spot. But you may not be a good number two because you're also a visionary because you're also, you know, and so, uh, you know, you have to have the, I could totally waste your talent by putting you in the wrong role in my company. Right. And so that's where you need to have the right role that really develops the person. It's about developing the culture and developing the people that you have with you and best utilizing their talents. And so if you're not good at that as the CEO, that's where you can fall short because when the CEO only does three things, that's one of the very critical three things is putting the right people in the right place. Yes. And you are such a brilliant at being the executioner. You know the doing part. You can see the vision and you're already processing and to do the mm. steps with your team. So for you, when you wanted to seek out your co-pilots, mm -hmm. those should be people who are innovator side, right. right? How can I be more competitive in my field, mm -hmm. in my industry? Right. Today, when we talk to Thess, who has an amazing presentation, if you just think about the word mindset coaches, there mm -hmm. are a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot working with athletes in general. Right. But how is he different? Chess. Yeah. He yeah. can break down something that's a complex as a chess game mm -hmm. for the players to learn that and break it down in value system of numbers because numbers are tangible. Yes. So what's also good is that the three major languages, natural languages, spiritual, mm -hmm. emotional, mm -hmm. and physical. So 
the people like us who are very organized, detail-oriented system processing or physical communicator. Mm. Now, people who are more visionary, they can be both emotional and spiritual, mostly Mm -hmm. spiritual. They download this big thing that no one else can see. Right, right. They're going for it. They believe in themselves so much, Mm -hmm. which actually tap into how we define confidence. There's three different levels. Uh And then you have the person who are just great with people. Right. They're the impact creators. Mm. Because if no one wants that service... Yeah, it doesn't matter how good the service is. Right, exactly. Or if you create something super awesome, amazing, brilliant, Mm -hmm. but no one knows about it. Right. What, are you going to be a hermit frog and then just singing your song and no one cared to listen to you? Mm -hmm. And that also means if you are someone great at creating detail of impact and creating their system process, then have someone who are great with either making impact, networking for you, finding out what's Mm -hmm. the right business development that you need, whether it's when we were chatting about, is that sponsorship, is a collaborative referral, is that XYZ that really put you on the map, but not just on the map. Mm -hmm. We want credibility. We want right. someone that see you mm-hmm. as what Cliff called the category leader. Right, category leaders, absolutely. And we, just so you guys know, we're referencing Seth Mikowski, um, who is a mindset coach and is training some top athletes and and entrepreneurs and executives. And he's a brilliant guy who who genuinely has this strategy of getting his his clients to play chess and learning the strategy behind chess. And I think there's just so much value in what he's doing right now because, again, it's strategy. It's taking what we do on a day-to-day basis and turn it into a strategy. You know, if, if I do X, then Y, right? But how much more efficient would you be and how much more effective would you be if you could also see what Z was in the future, right? So if you did, if you did one move and you could see what the next two or three moves ahead would look like and you set yourself up uh, for that success or for that next challenge or for that next opportunity, you just become so much better at everything that you do and thinking through processes. So I I think that what he's doing is brilliant. So Right. It's taking anything that complex, breaking down to Mm -hmm. sensible moment. Yes. And the little exercise that he had a with us in the beginning Mm -hmm. just to memorize the value of each chess pieces. That also makes sense to say, doesn't matter if you know how to play or don't know how to play this game, but understand each piece has a different value system. Mm. Equivocal to say, when you're in business, Mm -hmm. your executive level, your mid-level advisors and managers and your doers, mm-hmm. the technician people that actually help you deploy, they have different value system. Mm-hmm. We always say, how can you be most functional and high function? Right. It's not just functional, right? If we're all functional, you can go on your day and pretty much satisfied by what you're doing. Right. But then we play the defensive mode. Shoot, that one thing happened. I got tripped up. Right. Do right. I have enough finance to do this? Is it uh, legally compliant? Do I have enough money to pay for my staff? Would those people be so against me now? 
of what have happened. They're going to leave my company. Mm-hmm. Now, what about all those things that I have to do? Right, right. right? So we cannot be in that defensive mode, but thinking in structure. And so one of the, I believe, mishaps many people don't see when there are running companies, early stage definitely have different concerns in the versus people who are already seven, eight figures, right? Right. But all of them should think in the same mindset to say there are different domains in mm-hmm. the business. Yeah. In the early on, perhaps we have to wear different hats. Mm-hmm. However, the faster you can hand off something that's not in your genius zone or in your passion zone, the faster you can get over the hump. Mm-hmm. So that's a concept called Freedom Compass by Michael Hyatt, if anybody heard about. Okay. So how do we gain freedom by four zones? Yeah, yeah. The desire zone means you have to have both. Something you really like to do mm-hmm. and something you're truly good at. Okay. All, All right. right. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And now that's the zone we need to spend 80% of the time Okay. Right. And then now you have the other three zones. Definitely, you probably have to bounce into. Mm-hmm. Right. Since no one's perfect, we're not seeking perfection here. Right, right, right. So other zones are the distraction zone. So Angela, guess what's in the distraction zone between the passion and... All the minuscule things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis maybe just all the the emails phone calls things that are not really relevant to your day-to-day is that what that is so close those day-to-day actually has no passion or profession right right right. those that zone were called the discouragement oh interesting okay you don't want to do it yeah how good are we actually crafting Good response in email, writing proposals, (laughs) right? Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Now, distraction is actually things we feel like we like to do. Okay. Oh, that that seems interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm. Like that go into open, warm, a rabbit hole. Uh Perhaps we're not really good at marketing strategy, but it's fun to talk about colors, stories. What do I write? What's my marketing team going to say? Right, right. It's not in our genius zone. We can go down a whole rabbit hole or the new thing of chat GPT. Uh-huh. We can go down a rabbit hole of tweeting, teaching the system to write it better. Instead of having someone who already been learning that particular system or particular job, hiring a great accounting, mm-hmm. hiring a HR expert to optimize your team instead of you trying to carry on everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so that's a, you only have passion, nothing else. That's a distraction. Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. So then the disinterest zone, that Mm. is the other one, right? Yeah, yeah. It's in your genius zone. Yeah, yeah. You can do it, probably do it really well and quickly, but you don't like to do it. Right, right. Yeah. For some people... I'm not going to name names. <laughs> is that, oh, I love looking at the numbers. Right. I like to track all the in and out. And then I send it to my financial people. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> right. How many hours are you wasting uh-huh. staring at the numbers <laughs> instead of get a monthly report? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we 
actually do a lot of things that are in the distraction, disinterest, or the discouragement zone. Right. And we lie to ourselves to say, no, yeah. I can learn this. We've right. gone through harder things. Right, right. It seems to be interesting <laughs> at the moment. Let me just do this. Mm-hmm. If I were to teach this to someone else, I don't know. How long would that take them? Right. That just means we have to hire right in the beginning. We have to make the right relationship from the get-go. Not just about, hey, introduce me to someone. I think that person is be interesting, uh, awesome. Perhaps we'll do business. But what's the true intention? Right. Is that the right network you should tap into? Right. At the end of the day, we all know by study, we can only have 150 relationships at a given time. Really? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. Well, because I feel like we have so many different relationships, but you're right. I mean, each, each time you add in, it dilutes everything else, doesn't it? Yes. So that's why Jim, uh, Jim Rose said, where are the five people that we connect with? Mm. Because that five cohort are, are naturally selected advisors, both from family and friends and business relationships. Right. You can pick that phone anytime and they won't refuse you, right. whether they like it or not, right? right <laughs> they right. forgive you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then the next 50 are true inner circle people. Yeah. And then you dilute to the 100 people will go in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So to kind of pivot a little bit, because I'm really curious about, you know, your transition from healthcare, do you find that in healthcare, um, as you're consulting with, with healthcare, whether it's physicians or people in private practice or people who are trying to create a podcast or trying to create media for themselves or a platform, social media, do you find that it's unique challenges in healthcare because of the personality type? Because healthcare has a very unique personality type. I mean, these people, they have a lot on their plates, right? The, the, the amount of studying, the amount of commitment, the amount of drive that it takes, it's very, I would imagine, very type A person goes into healthcare uh, because of the drive and the commitment that you need to succeed. So do you feel like that is challenging especially challenging for that particular demographic of of people in the in that industry i think for people who even seeking for those additional things Mm -hmm. they already have this open mindset and the creative brain yeah and that's the crowd that i love to work with yeah because we know we cannot help everyone. Right. And there's only certain people we are naturally drawn to. Some mm-hmm. people can feel like I'm way over the top. Right, right. And I can be like too direct yeah. when I say things. Instead of some people really love just holding their hands. Uh-huh, Let's right. talk more. Let, <laughs> let you think through this. And then we'll give feedback. And then I'm the person who's like, yeah, I let you go for 10 minutes. <laughs> and what is that conversation leading us to? Yeah, yeah. Are you here just so I can hear about this? Uh-huh. Or you want me to hear about because you actually want me to do something with, right? Right. And so it would be an expensive conversation if you just want me to sit here and right, listen right, to you, right? right? <laughs> exactly. And therefore, I believe definitely it can be. Sure. Project us. We are in medicine, no matter what type of degree you had, there are years and years of training. Yeah. And I actually mentioned that to Thess today to say, 
people don't know how to handle stress mm. a lot of time. Yeah. And I remember even when I was in grad school, all of us who even got into the program, mm -hmm. we were top of our class. But when you're in the pool of all the top of your class, just like when they're saying athlete, right? They're top of their right. school or district. You're number one, one in your school. And then yeah. you get to a team where everybody was number one in their school. Right. And then you're like, oh, there really is a bell curve. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where yeah. am I on that bell curve? Yeah. I'm just, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'll be okay if I'm just... Above the 50%. Right, exactly. You went from being top 1% to like, hey, if I can be in the middle of this group, that's okay. Right. And some people couldn't handle that. Oh. Then the sad part is, doesn't matter if you're in academia or you go on per se, uh -huh. we have diagnosis now for burned out. And before it was such just a concept of what it is. Right. And now it's actually diagnosable by... ICD-10, how we label different diagnoses, and there's three stages. Female actually have a different pattern than uh, male when you're really? presenting these symptoms. And when it's that later stage, actually push people into suicidal ideation, mm. drug, alcohol, abuse, and all that, a really severe state. But a mm. lot of us, just like what Dr. Tony do with his black belt, many people have this brain fog, the seal, brain um because we're always on we're always going and we cannot shut ourselves down purposefully right just to regroup like the very first thing i said i never stopped yeah if i never stopped yeah i could never understand what i want out of life how do i perceive what's actually feel good to me mm -hmm. so the challenge can be that I don't know the quality of my marketing team, for example. Right. And what we are saying is that I get it. Medicine has a different language. Right. If you're a supplement company, you haven't gone through all the FDA approval. You cannot say a definitive and go. Right. You are using my product. Therefore, you can get this result. You cannot say that unless it's drug approved, FDA approved, processing farmer etc uh-huh however there are other ways to represent it and you can say it better than anybody else right so our strategy has always been doesn't matter if you early stage where your product has been tested and piloted people still need to know about it mm-hmm yeah and how do we get people know about it the easiest first step is find the right shows to go on as a speaker for mm -hmm. podcast because we know national media feature is very difficult to control who's actually watching it yeah and listening to it and even same thing is these national press mm -hmm. yes you can get on entrepreneur but is it getting you on entrepreneur going to hit the right end clientele or perhaps it's going to hit your peers and they become more accepted of you. Right. If that's your strategy to build peer-to-peer -peer referral relationship channel partner, that seems could be working. Mm -hmm. So we need to be intentional. So number one, actually getting your feature is being a speaker. It's yeah. a great way to get 
you in front of other people who are already naturally love audio. Right. And people get your personality, the way you talk, the dynamic mm-hmm. of your voice, the how you're sharing. Also, it's not like a prep talk, a prepared talk. You can take time to prep this. Right. Audio, you don't. No, no. Whatever come out is what's in your mind. If you right. can't think that fast, people can tell mm-hmm. very naturally. So it's a great way to show the authentic side of you with your own amazing knowledge and set. But we also don't just put people on stage, right? Right. <laughs> no, that would be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> we even talk about this. Yeah. I have a show called Provider's Edge, and now it's been around for two and a half years. We ran 250 episodes. 250 episodes and now it's a tv show about to launch a second podcast so it's been exciting through this experience just like angela being amazing moderator you can tell yeah when people on your show (laughs) and they go down the rabbit holes and you're like i i don't know how to stop you right now (laughs) steer 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 (laughs) can i just um and be feel rude to just like cut you off but sometimes you have to step in (laughs) oh we're running out of time Uh there's 10 minutes left let's wrap up thank you so (laughs) much for that point let's go back to this point right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Therefore, how to really media prep before you go out there is important. I always say you have to have a 60-second hook okay, about who you are. Right. And that hook, I even do that with my uh, think tank with okay. healthcare innovators. That should have about 40 seconds about your big mission, your mm-hmm. goals. People are driven by that. Right, right. Like how you are, who you are, why mm-hmm. you do things. That's inspirational. Right. Absolutely. Not the how part. Yeah. It's what yeah. part, yeah. right? Yeah. Like delivery part. And then the last 20 seconds should be, what's that one specific ask? Mm, okay. Right? Guess when we're not clear about what people ask of us, what do we do? Right. We don't do anything. We don't do anything. Right. And they're just like, oh, that sounds great. Bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sounds good. All right. That's yeah. a wrap. <laughs> that's a wrap. And then after that, uh, after the ask, mm-hmm. we also want to think about how can be seen as a giver. Okay. And the book, Go Giver, is by Bob Berg. Love that book. Okay. The giver part is also in the same concept of the seven highly affected people, mm-hmm. right? Seven highly affected people about that win-win situation. Mm-hmm. means what do you think you can also give back in any situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And some people for me could be, I'm a super connector. I always love to learn what people are up to and put the dots together for other people. Mm. And I also have my platforms. Therefore, I can get the right people feature or connect them with other show hosts that actually do care about their topics. Right. And that could be your give back and could be something completely different. It could also be a monetary give back as mm. a referral channel partnership when you refer a business entity, whatnot, right? So when you are that quick in that span, people start thinking, oh, interesting. Oh, my gears start turning. Do I have those people in my network so I can connect you? Right. Yeah. And no longer just seems like, oh, all you need is for me to be an investor in your company or, oh, y- you have something to sell to me. No, no. You're seeing everyone now as a strategic collaborative partnership. Absolutely. Yeah. The weight of that conversation 
the anxiety will drop way down. Yeah. Right. And then when you go into a, some type of speaking engagement, especially podcasts, it could be what is the main thing you want to come across? Mm-hmm. What's that goal? Right. Hmm. And I think Angela, the two of us even say, you're going to be keynoting. Coming yeah. up. So exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the question I asked you in the beginning, also like, what's that final goal? Right. right Where right. we're leading people to. Right. Right. What's the end result of that? Right. And it really is for me uh, being a keynote speaker. It comes down to wanting to inspire women so that they can achieve more. Right. So like I don't care about any other part of that, like, you know, uh, I don't need leads from it. This isn't a, an audience that necessarily is going to use my business, but I would love for them to go out and do something really powerful for themselves because I I love women in power who who can create more leaders. You know, I'm I'm a big believer in leaders create leaders, and so I just feel like that that's a big powerful step forward is women believing in themselves. So, which is part of the reason for this podcast. Exactly. And then one of the suggestions I had for you was lead them back to here. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Giving them the visibility that they deserve too as Mm -hmm. a speaker and have given them an option to sponsor Mm -hmm. when they do speak and understand the power of what it means to share their messages, to have them the trust yeah. and some people that never spoke before it's okay right to right. do it and it's not just oh you spoke in front of your clients or your team you can bring this message and up level mm-hmm. to another stage to absolutely. another audience absolutely so you inspire a lot of people you you help people to create podcasts and to create an audience and to narrow down what their mission and vision is, is you know and creating visibility and you know figuring out who their tar- target audience is and then getting in front of them right because like you were saying earlier um it doesn't matter how great you are how great your services or how pr- great your product is if nobody knows about it you're just sitting there with a great product or service by yourself, right? And so it's about connecting to that target audience and then becoming visible and getting your message stated to them clearly. And you're an expert at that. So what advice would you give to people who are trying to get their message out to people, you know, whether it be through podcasting or through marketing or sales or whatever that is, how does somebody create the right messaging for their brand? Yeah, great question. I always love human asset. Okay. And the biggest power in any type of work that we do is going to be the human capital. Mm. And we have to think ourselves as that human capital as well as everybody that you encounter. So when we nail down to all different type of marketing strategies, by study, Wharton actually came out a study saying a referred partner, a referred client mm-hmm. actually have 25% higher lifetime value than any other marketing strategy. Really? Okay. And we also by, by different other survey, when the clients come to you by word of mouth mm. or to some type of referral, you convert at least three times higher. Wow. That's interesting. That's interesting. So how do we create that word of mouth? Mm. You can create it by out there networking with a lot of people, knowing how to present yourself in this, what I call, be brief and be brilliant, right? Yeah, yeah. And that message is what we kind of led to 
earlier when we said that 60 second, mm. the positioning statement and not feeling like you have to share everything. It just impossible. We just want to say enough for people to have a reaction. Mm-hmm. Truly, we just wanted to have the chance to talk to people who's like, that's amazing. Tell me more about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And not the people is like, divert the conversation to something else. That's a great funneling process to say those other 50% are not your people. Mm. And it's okay. You don't need everybody to be your champion. You just needed to have the right people to be your champion because then they're going to open up their network and their wallet for you. Whether it's a client or an investor in what you're doing. So when you can just get that first initial message down then you can be like huh interesting yeah yada yada right yeah and from there you can also instead of people wanting to ask you more you bounce directly right back to the other person Mm. because the power of being a questioner Mm. actually make people think about that it's amazing great conversation and that anything else so there is a study that you had a two group of patients that had a half hour session with the therapist. Okay. The first cohort, the first half of that session, the patient described their issues and problems. Okay. And then the second half, the therapist repeat what was said to them. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the second cohort, the first half, the patient again described them problems and then the second half of the session they did a right random stuff right so the point of it when the therapist didn't actually do therapies yeah at all all they did was repeat back exactly what was said in the uh-huh. beginning they actually felt more heard because you gave them the room and validated exactly what they have said and not to actually give critique input whatsoever so when you're in the position to ask more questions people actually feel like wow you're so interesting in me Mm -hmm. and that also helped with what our win-win situation how do you figure out what is a true win for that person not just a win for you right right yeah Uh, I, i love that because you know it really makes me think about um there's a book called Never Split the Difference. Mm, um, yes. Chris Voss, I think. is uh, So anyway, Never Split the Difference is a negotiation book. And it's very similar in that when it, Never Split the Difference means, you know, when you go into a negotiation, like, let's just agree to disagree. Let's you take half and I take half and we'll go on about our day is a losing proposition. Because Never Split the Difference means that, you know, if you guys can't come to an agreement, don't go and say we'll split the difference between them because you're really just both losing, right? Right. And so when you when you like you were just addressing, like you really want this to be a win win. And so that means that you want to validate the other person's feelings and needs and say, okay, so what matters to me is a long term agreement. But what matters to you is cost savings. Right. And so you're saying, I hear you and I understand your needs and I'm going to meet your needs while also meeting my needs so that we're both winning. We're not just both losing. Right. Correct. And so I love that because validating somebody's 
feelings in any transaction, I think makes everybody walk away feeling good about the transaction and not like they just got like scammed or robbed or whatever. Like you want that validation to feel good about the purchase or the contract or the agreement or the partnership or whatever it is. Right. And then go back to the original question of saying, how do we position ourselves when we're doing these Mm. visibility or trying to get our product services out? And in initially, I think most people will come to me it's like, Sabrina, we have this awesome idea. You you know the right people. How about you just help us do the introduction? Uh-huh. And then I go, great. Let me hear about your idea. Right. Because if I can't even get a sense of it, right. how do I actually help you to sell it? Yeah. Right. At the end of the day, every single transaction is selling. Mm-hmm. But if we want to take the word sales away, it's equal to influence right right how do you positively influence someone's decision because you actually see a gap that doesn't come right away with introduction actually come in the way of positioning first so we have this 4c sequence i always talk about number one is captivate can you captivate someone's attention in a brief moment Mm. whether it is the way that you present it the way that you dress, the way that you give off the present, you had amazing video, audio on your website, your social media truly aligned with everything that you're doing. There's the multifacet of captivation. Then is create. Hmm. How do you create intentionally with the right circles or right people that actually have an interest in what you're doing and try not to go after all the cold target that might never going to convert even though they perhaps is in your target range but they don't have the resource mindset whatever reason behind that right and then it's about collaborate what is that true woman situation after you have to get to know them you are in the circle what we don't want to do the big mistake most people do on linkedin you drop into them message they're like we're doing this go watch this video of us i wrote this article Uh like i don't know you yet why do you dump so much information on me yeah they information dump on you i know i I hate that right (laughs) and then the last c is calibrate Mm. how do we double down on what works Mm. okay of the first three step, it's a trial error sometimes, mm-hmm. right? It's And it's okay to do that because we're in it to figure things out. Now, the very last step is that high performance of us. Mm. Now we can get into how to create freedom, how to allocate resources, how to optimize our team, how to make sure we have the foundation of finances, lo- security, all the structure in place, right? IT infrastructure, everything to protect us while we're scaling Mm -hmm. and that level, then we can actually go into more of human psychology, behavior, all those other things that truly make your conversation more lively, more engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I love that as a sales process um, because Captivate is, is you're so right. It's that impression, you know, what is that impression that you're leaving? And then collaboration. I mean, I just think there's just so much value in what you're saying. So if I am then getting my target audience, I'm in front of them, I've got my messaging down, I'm, I'm moving forward with all of the great advice that you've given. So then how do you broaden your audience? How do you then take it into, okay, this worked. How do you scale that? 
Right. When, what we do is we have the founder to mm-hmm. be the speaker. Mm. Doesn't matter if it's a podcast because mm-hmm. it's right target or you go into these big major summits, events, virtual or in person. Right. You have both two purposes. Mm-hmm. Network should be number one mm. inside of learning. And number two is you're presenting an idea to people that other people are getting a new perspective right or it's the same perspective but you did it in a different way that they truly gravitate toward right? okay yeah. so set yourself into that authority but that's just the beginning right mm-hmm. so very first thing is the foundation that we talk about get your message right gather in the right circle and then think about how do you create wins mm. now on the calibrating side it's about refinement of where to place yourself mm-hmm. as the authority and once you have spoken, work does not end there. And yeah. so many people is like, I launched a show. I spoke here. I was like, great. That's so exciting. What did you do with that? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Oh, um, yeah. I did a, a story post. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. I shared it on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How, yeah. How did that land anything uh-huh. to your website? Did I convert something? Oh, yeah. Is that consistent? Uh, yeah. No. Right. All right. right. Or, oh, I just going to wait. Oh, people are asking me to speak. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Is it every month? Right, right, right. <laughs> if it's not, we have to be more proactive. Right. So we also do is about having each speaking engagement, creating amplification into months to come. The idea is we want people to see that you're always being featured. You're always being recognized. Mm-hmm. Your message, say on your own platform, in your own voice, is your confidence to share. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's even next level confidence. Everybody else recognize your value mm-hmm. to even allow you to share on their platform and recommend you to their audience, their listeners, right? Mm-hmm. So we want that type of hype. So that could be turning into a blog on your website, right? That blog can be a, a linking newsletter and that can be a, make sure you have an actual newsletter with your email that gets sent out. Yeah. Do you have a nurture sequence? And that can also turn into these quote cards, right? Flip cards that mm. are on social media, or it can be video shorts. That's less than 60 seconds. Depend on what platform, then you, you do the vertical, horizontal, or square ones. And m- make sure you leverage the platform that your audience actually are using, right? We can say, yeah, YouTube is a great. YouTube Shorts have been have a lot more views than mm-hmm. anything else. But if it's not in your nature, you don't have the resources, then don't use that. Right. Use somewhere that you feel more aligned and comfortable, or hire a team like us. We're just going to take your video and already made 30 pieces of content, all of that. Right. And then teach you, don't drop all at once. <laughs> Spread them out. Right. A little breadcrumb <laughs> leading to the big cookie, right? Right, right. Um, that's how we amplify. And once you start getting into this system and you have a team behind you already plan everything out, mm. you don't even have to think about your work to sell because you are the image Mm -hmm. it's only that one or two speaking engagement and the content is aligned to your own brand the quality of what you're doing no longer fear oh someone don't get me we cannot say it that way now it's already done by your words but just turning into a different format that can really amplify and 
Then it's also the next level is about getting into the right networking circles. Right. So I will only allow people who are in my network who are pre qualified to be in my virtual think tank that we meet every month. There are founders who already have a few years of experience at least for their business and they're not first time founders and they have certain type of success in their business already and perhaps they uh, don't have a minimum viable product but this is now the first time they even build this. They have funding going in, they have connections and therefore they have some level of mindset Mm -hmm. to collaborate with other people and not seeing other people as a competitor Mm. at the same time they also can share their journey so therefore with other peers you can start strategizing with each other besides our true advisors in the group right and when you think about just like Clifco Mm -hmm. now Clifco is running very different structure but you constantly have influx of people Right. Now you become very intentional about who to speak to mm-hmm. and how to ask and how to continue to work that room to find the next potential partner. Yeah, absolutely. So you've given us such great advice today and I really appreciate all of your time, but I wanted to ask you a question that I ask on all of the podcasts um, because this is kind of a unique, we're in a unique environment. Women, I think by nature, we tend to give our power away a lot. And you're a very powerful woman and you have been a powerful woman. And I can just tell your personality is one that you usually, I'm not going to let, you're not going to let anyone walk all over you. But I think as women by nature, we give our power away pretty frequently, you know, whether it's giving somebody else credit or, you know, whatever that might look like. So is there a time that you gave your power away? And then tell me about another time that you stepped into your power. Yeah, I think it's definitely hard. Doesn't matter where we are, what stage of life we are. Yeah. As women, we always do that. Right. And not to say I don't do that now. Sure. I think in sometimes our mind saying I have to compromise in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. And that compromise can be even as recent as me in conversation as a board advisor. Now I came in to be hired as a board advisor for startup. Okay. So my doesn't matter what type of business you go into, especially in the startup world, people tend to wear multiple hats mm. and they tend to make you wear multiple hats. Yes. And the conflict has been, well, Sabrina, you have the expertise in talent management and optimization how about you just be our hr person too oh, no. writing yes. all the job descriptions <laughs> oh mm-hmm. well you're doing so much marketing and media how about you start launching our show as well be a co-host mm-hmm. and by the way can you help us with that uh all the things to do with all these new client on board and how about you go also <laughs> go speak on our behalf too right right yeah, all of a sudden they're just dogpiling it all on you. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's what a founder usually are doing. Doesn't right. matter our female or male. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. tend to do that already in our own business. Right. So when we're thinking about bringing on another advisor, that seems like, oh, you need to be multifunctional as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead, what we talked about earlier on is, they're actually experts 
in 12 domains. Right. <laughs> We need to have someone in each of these domains. Yes. <laughs> and not to drag people in all multiple things,、mm-hmm. and especially if they're being dragged from the people culture to the marketing and communication to the business structure, that is way to spread out. Right. So if you are limited on the asset that you have, At least have that one person in that top of that one domain instead of having them all over the place. Or actually, the better question is, we all are multi-talented. Yes, <laughs> this is true. So, which domain do you feel most drawn to? This、mm-hmm. is how I actually I'm building a new way accelerator instead of most. Health tech accelerator or technology accelerator in general are all just about getting fundings, making introductions, having some kind of network, or if you know your problem, we have a bunch of advisor that you can get help with. Right. Too passive, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's easy to give our power away because sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to have twelve domain of experts coming in that already synchronize with each other. Mm-hmm. Based on different school of thoughts of enagrams, with my positive intelligence, with body of nine, with different even spiritual alignment, and everybody who already is an expert in a domain, but also are working, connecting, synchronizing a way,、hmm. and then we say we're gonna evaluate your company. In a special order that makes sense of、right. what you need to think about your business, and once we've done that, we're gonna give you the three big goals you have to do to get you to that point of wherever you needed to go.、Mm-hmm. Now you have a roadmap, and you you're not saying, "Oh, I don't know what to focus on now," or "This is one area I think I needed to focus on," but actually,、right. the two other problems. Are affecting your end result, and that's why this problem exists. You don't know how to see that. We'll help you to see that. But how I was giving, going back to that, right? It's this is going to be a safety cap for us to not dragging ourselves through the mud too much. Right. And when I was in that position and in negotiation for this position, I have to put my foot down to say. Actually, not all companies you need to work from bottom up.、Hmm. You do not. That's old school thinking、hmm. of thinking you have to learn every single role in your company to understand what they do, how they do it, before you can lead them. That is a very old school thinking. Yeah. And a new school thinking of processy is actually you already hire the talent that you need. Mm. With the right personality attributes, characters that you need, because doesn't matter how much time you spend on developing someone,、mm-hmm. people just don't change a whole lot. They don't. <laughs> no, they don't. You're right. So I have to put my foot down to say, actually, based on this entire list, because my stock is tied to projects.、Mm-hmm. You think I can get this done for thirty days? Then put some kind of. Ideal deadline, so I can see in your visionary mind, is that going to be true? Right, right. I took all of that,、mm-hmm. break it down by my sp- spreadsheet because people's like, "You're such a spreadsheet queen." I even <laughs> buy my house that way, right? Break it down by your little、uh-huh. tabs, and then I did a, a assessment based on what's the amount of time it's going to take for the total 
completion of this one task related、mm-hmm. to this group of projects, and what's the weekly time I'm gonna spend on it, and how many weeks that will take. Okay. Right, and then also because this role is based on forty hours per month as advisor, would I be actually able to achieve that? Right.、Mm-hmm. So now I put my foot down, but I have this visual for this. Their CEO and their uh, active operator, um, executive uh, operator.、Um, so I said, I understand the primary concern is this,、mm-hmm. and we can work on that. But if you want all these other things to be done, at this point, I cannot be signing on、mm-hmm. as advisor. And if you do want me to be in this role, you need to be able to allocate my talent better with the right resources and right domain.、Mm-hmm. So if you like to discuss this further, I can do that. But I have tried to help this company for months at the end to get to this point, and finally I said, I'm not going to do any more until you guys actually see the vision. And not just thinking everybody's just got it done. We、right. truly need a project plan. Right, right. I like that because when you when you're kind of forcing the issue of put it on paper, right, and let's let's talk about the viability of this plan. And if the plan is not viable, then you're giving you're setting me up to fail. Right, they're essentially setting you up to fail because if you can't accomplish accomplish all the things that they're giving to you, because no human being could do that, right? Then they're essentially setting you up to fail, and nobody wants to be in that position. So putting your foot down, I think, is a really smart idea and a way to save your own integrity and your own reputation、um, moving forward. So that's a great that's that's great advice. I think that also tie into my degree freedom because、mm-hmm. my number one is time freedom, yeah, and my, my number two is activity freedom, right, and then is financial freedom, people and location, right. So that being said, even though that is tied into a lot of stock, but then you also know it's a startup, right? right.、Yeah. Until they go into additional stages, become public, that is tied into how they can grow. Right. And for some, if you didn't get into the right company, that would never come to anything, right? Right. So you have to trust it so much, and it's okay to walk away from that.、Mm-hmm. And when we feel we already devote so much time, energy into something, and unable to pull ourselves away, then you're gonna be suffering with your time freedom, activity freedom, and that's. Something that I'm not willing to compromise. Right, right, absolutely. So I really enjoy this, but I have one more question for you. What do you wish more people knew? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a fun question.、Mm-hmm. I actually, I don't know if a lot of people know this. When I went undergrad, I had a neuroscience and music background, and I felt like. When you don't use it, you lose it.、Uh-huh. So, one of my coworker had a standing piano. I got it, and now I'm opening up all my old music book. I used to be testing for levels and all that, and be able to play with people. Now I'm staring at these music sheets. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I reading? <laughs> I was like, how did I have a music degree and I'm not able to read music and compose now?、Um, but the fun thing I would say is, I think all of us needed to have something outside of work or ourselves or even family. It just has to be something yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. You can pick up that 
instrument were like me i have never haven't played for <laughs> 10 years right. um or go back to my like i could have go back to my root of singing and just be f- having more fun or go yeah. back to dancing part whatever that is i think that's what i'm trying to do now and one of the goal for this year actually is i love to travel discover new things i like to local mm-hmm. taste so I told myself I need to take six trips this year. Ooh, I and like that. Doesn't matter how sure yeah, uh, international yeah. or not. So I have four planned. Nice. Um, went to, uh, I just came back from Playa de Carmen. Haven't got there. Nice. And um, um, a- a- adventure was that I took those local buses where Ooh. you have to flag them down on the <laughs> road, <laughs> even you. though you could totally take a taxi, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to take this adventure. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Hopefully it gets us where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's very yeah. fun. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess like what? I got picked up uh, by a German guy who's living uh, down in Mexico. Oh, and I was like, funny. great, because I don't know when this next bus is coming. <laughs> <laughs> drove us to the beach so I could catch the next one. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. I like that. <laughs> so, so Sabrina, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate your time. This has been a blast, and I think our audience has just learned a ton from you. So thank you so much. Yeah, I so appreciate you having me, Angela. And Absolutely. then um, love the space that you're holding with uh, women who are really stepping into that row or they already stepped into that row but we truly just needed to sit and believe and build even more confidence mm. into who we are and then like you're saying don't give up our power no we gotta own it we gotta step into our power so thank you so much sabrina you guys can find sabrina on the pretty powerful podcast.com and where else can they find you very active on LinkedIn. So yep. find me just Sabrina Rumbach. Um, probably the only one. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, you can always, I love to have virtual coffee chats, right? Virtually, I, I'm going to have my tea, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, a quick 15 minutes. Love to learn about your work. Uh, I have a lot of people that I encounter with. I love to introduce people to the right sense of mm-hmm. where they are. Uh, and um, uh, love to share my network with you. So go to my website if you like, or connect with me on LinkedIn so we can find some time to chat. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sabrina. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. We will see you next time. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time, and until then, step into your own power.